0: Welcome to the Foot Guns podcast. It is
1: January the 16th? Uh, 15th. We're almost there. And uh, apologies. 15th. Apparently, there's some dog nearby that's barking. Hopefully, it'll stop. Uh... Yeah. So, um,
0: how you had some of you wanted to talk about. Uh, first of all, I hope everybody's doing okay and caught the first couple weeks of. January twenty twenty three. Um, although my take on Solana wasn't that great, I was like stay away from it because it, it was BC back. But Jeff Dorman had an interesting tweet from Ark Funds. It was talking about um and do the basic math. I mean, if you're not if Solana's down ninety percent and it goes up uh hundred percent in the uh um if you're if you're down if you're up hundred percent after you're down ninety percent, you're
1: not back to even. <laughs> and yeah, that's uh, like still like eighty five negative eighty five percent or something. Right. <laughs> like right.
0: right. So the, the 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 there there could be, you know, you can capture these pockets of of uh of outperformance, but I think especially with um crypto the commodity, because it definitely trades like commodity, um they just have to be careful of the more more immediate uh path
1: yeah yeah well actually i think that's like something that you've talked about before um which is like you know oh well if you're just right about direction i think um crypto um path ends up becoming something that you really have to worry about right like uh What I mean is, you know, the thing could go up 100% in a month, but during that time, there could be like three 25% drawdowns or something like that, right? So, um, you know, Path really does make a difference uh, with such a volatile asset. Though, that being said, um, I bought um, Mara... This like crypto stock, uh, like Mar- Marathon Digital. They're like a mi- crypto mining company, and the thing went up like thirty three percent in one day, or something like that. Like i was just like, I mean, the reason I started buying them is I was just like, yo, these are like acting like altcoins right now. Like, what the fuck is going on? So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a wild. It was a wild um, first fifteen days of the year. We did record. Um did we record at the beginning of the year? Yeah, like that New yep. Year's thing, right? Yeah. I mean we basically recorded two podcasts saying that or at least I was very much just like, you know, uh Q one is just gonna be uh basically there's no one left to sell. And I mean I think you you sort of had the same um you know, you were talking about how it, it was the most anticipated, you know, sell off in in history basically. And um you know, yeah, maybe you were like, oh, Solana's not the one. And I kind of was like, Solana's not the one. But hey, that's what Wasabi's here for, right, to give us uh, <laughs> to give us a second opinion. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I also think, uh, yeah, let's just, you know, uh, wh- why um, like, what, why we're here doing foot guns and, you know, why you should keep listening and why you should go sign up for our paid is we also have this cheat sheet, which um, I think it was July or, or something around that time when everything had sold off where um, – me and you and our our intern you know had some back and forth around what we're going to keep on the cheat sheet how we're going to rearrange the cheat sheet and i think um we just we really nailed it because um you know we took ethereum and we put it into the altcoin section and we replaced it with gold which actually gold has Pretty much done nothing but go up since then and then um we added uni and fxs at the bottom which have been huge like 100 percent returns and um yeah it, you, you said this before we started recording um you know this is <laughs> this is probably um the putting the nail in the coffin of those you know coins just being superstitious that making a public podcast about how these things went up 100 um that you know they're probably not going to go up 100 percent in the next uh month or whatever, but you know, um, the, the point is that if you had been a paid subscriber um, six months ago when we added these things and you had kept your eye on them and then all of a sudden, um, you know, a, a month ago or whatever it was, um, the cheat sheet started saying that it was bullish bias on these things and you could have nibbled at them, right? Like, you would have been pretty happy. Um, but yeah, I, you know, that, that's just one reason to come and uh, subscribe for our, our paid content and you know another one that's just been like really really um great I mean for me personally I don't know about you but having um what we call our spacing guild which is the the private discord chat we have um you know 2022 was like a pretty awful year and it's a great um sort of companion to have where you can talk to other people about how they're trading and um you know a lot of people in this chat are, are like family people with like kids and stuff and you know like the other day. Um, uh, someone was talking about how like, you know, they wanted to, to, to trade, um, the CPI print, but they had to deal with their kid and, you know, like, like real things they have to deal with, like real kind of trading talk. That's not just like, oh yeah, just go long here. Right. Like, you know, it's like, oh, maybe get a babysitter for CPI day or something like that. I don't know. Um, but yeah, um, sorry, just tooting my horn cause we finally, uh, we finally have crypto going up instead of down, and and also you know the cheat sheet was bearish the entire year, right? Or almost the entire year. It, it flipped neutral at, at at certain points. So, um, yeah, we're 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 trying to to just pay attention to this market and uh, watch how crypto is evolving and how to make money off of it, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 2022 settled um a lot of questions in my mind, which is how does this thing really trade? And the answer is just com- almost like commodities, but, but, uh, commodity options, which are even sort of a riskier version of commodities. And, um, you know, commodities, it's like surfing. Um, you need to have some risk on, and there's different ways to size of your positions or whatever. But you, if you're not, if you're not out in the water, right you're not going to catch the wave but if you're out in the water too far you're going to miss the wave and drown so um you know i think i think at least for for the way it moves um i've settled on a model for uh bitcoin essentially and also i would just push back on any type of uh deep thoughts that you may ever have about crypto um I think they are completely and, and by the way there are we are a different kind of podcast the um a newsletter there are i don't know what a hundred thousand if you want to follow it. Infinitesimal ins and outs of crypto. I think that's a really yeah, good and feel point. Feel free to actually because um, feel free to subscribe to like a five hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, and and you don't even need to do that, right? Because um, I am, you know, w- you and I both are are deep thought people, but um, you know, we also have this like realism when it comes to uh, actually right, putting, putting money into this, the market. Let me let me land this okay. plane.
0: Let me land this plane a little bit, and that is that. As I've said before, the big <laughs> Bitcoin was an extremely profitable trade if you trade it with simplicity. And it was, hey, we turned around at this weird point, 64,000. We went down, we got cut in half. Go along with the idea of the stocks or whatever the asset is is going to retrace its all-time high. It did that. Don't expect it to break out on yeah, its all-time high, just sell there, and then uh, take a look at a potential short, and or if you're looking to try to find a bottom, then you could have come up with all these theories. And I saw this with natural gas when natural gas had been trading, you know, above, gone all the way up to fourteen during Hurricane Katrina, and finally settled just, you know, fourteen dollars in two thousand eight. And then I heard for, you know. The the last time, that guy's got to $10 this year. But I heard for years, 15 years, all these explanations about why this was the year for gas and all that kind of stuff. and Nothing really happened. Now, you could have gone and, you know, it had less big moves, uh, but you could go in and trade the term structure and do some other stuff, sort of almost like Bitcoin's been. But here again, you don't have to have any deep thoughts about adoption and, and falling into any kind of weird pro-Salvadorian or Salvadoran um, cult group on Twitter uh, to know that, okay, well, we held, you know, 15,000-ish for a number of weeks. And, um, you know, uh, 20,000, nice big round number lurking above. And as it started to move to 20,000, then you you get along for that that particular trade and i do think you have to reaffirm whether you want to be in it once you hit that that point um and i will say this too month one is not the same as q1 and there have been so many bear markets out there that begin with a very strong month one but do not go on to have a very strong quarter one so have you heard are- this
1: uh i heard this phrase the other day that So goes January, so goes the year. Have you heard that before?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things like selling mango away and Santa Claus rallies and all this other kind of stuff. On the other hand, last year, which was sort of the most trader-friendly year, or one of the most trader-friendly years I've ever seen, you had a trend, you had tons of uh, volatility, and you had things doing things like failing, you know, ES failed at the 200 day moving average, like, I don't know, it feels like three or four times in a row. And they were rallies off the same double bottoms everywhere. It was, it, it rewarded not a whole lot of thinking. People kept guessing about Fed interest rates, all this other kind of stuff. And yeah, if you're on the wrong side of a CPI print that either goes down 7% in one day or goes up 7% in one day, both of which happened in the fall of. 2022 but i was just i guess if you look back on 2022 and then think about its implications for 2023 uh it was a year of bringing back and you know it's always harder you know hindsight is great but it was a, a year that rewarded simple thoughts like the P failing 100 <laughs> day moving average don't fight the fed um you know uh all this kind of stuff that, that seems sort of obvious in, in retrospect. And the question is, is 2022 continue that pattern right now? For example, we are what every sort of traditional future trader, would thinks about is the greatest moment of their lives, which is ES. So the S&P is above its 50 day, 150 day and 200 day moving average. And you could actually see if you track, we have a big thing in our, little trading area that I won't so go so far as to say trading floor. I mean it's not like you know thirty people here screaming at each other, but um where we keep track of the we just the big thing we have on the board of the moving averages so that we just at least know where we are relative to things. And you could see first small caps and then ES sort of kinda of do that. And uh classic sort of, you know, old style trading would be to get long here. I don't I don't think that's necessarily um, you know it worked last year things that worked last year don't tend to work this year and we've been long actually the NASDAQ because and small caps still just always perpetually looking to get long small caps Um, but uh, on the explicit bet that this guy named Mike Wilson at Morgan Stanley who was the most correct person in 2022 period he was like we're going down to 3600 Uh, before we went to 3,600. And then he's, it's obviously sort of bearish tone, but then in October, he comes up and comes out with a research net that says, hey, I think we're going to have a 24%, you know, premised on nothing bullshit tactical rally. And we went up 18% and then sold off again. There was no Santa Claus rally. And our thesis was no one can be that right for that long. And no one can be that right at at such a high profile post um, you know, the Goldman Sachs commodity guys had to eat shit for years because they called $200 oil in 2008. I mean, it took them five years to recover from that. So we explicitly bet on long sort of NASDAQ um, and, you know, leverage is up 6%. It's not going to provide you with sort of crypto returns. But I stand by, again, the pair trade between Ethereum and QQQ, which I alluded to in our Spacing Guild two weeks ago, I believe is up about fourteen percent. So um, Ethereum has outperformed the QQQs, and that's that's a hell of a trade. I think that's the kind of trade. I know crypto does reward these sort of exponential moves, and um, but something like you know long Ethereum, short QQQs provides you with plenty of return without getting without having to rely on s- essentially outsized options style returns. To sort of puts you over the top.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty insane. Um, do you have any sort of timeline where you think or are you just like waiting to see something change in the market before you would you would close that? Here's the
0: here's or the S- you- Yeah, it's a great it's a great question. Uh, so I think it's
1: gonna continue to be true all of
0: 2023. That doesn't mean Ethereum's gonna go to five thousand. Um but what I can't figure out, and this has implications for Ethereum, because if you want to pretend that Ethereum is some sort of, if you're an Ethereum Maxi and you want to pretend that it's something that doesn't correlate with the, with the QQQs, with the NASDAQ, that's not viewed as a piece of tradable technology. If you, if you want to take that stance, then I got a podcast for you. They're called Bankless and they say the same thing every week. Um, I, I, I just think it's a, it, Again, relative performance trades are much easier to stay in. They're much easier to put on. Think of it this way. Somebody hands you a, this will be coming up soon, uh, March Madness Bracket. And uh, everyone's goal is to try to pick the ultimate winner because they win the office pool or whatever. But is it easier to pick the final winner? Or is it more easy to sort of kind of look at things that they begin? And this didn't work with number one seeded Virginia when that weird Baltimore Community College beat them in like 2018. It's fr- first and only time it's ever happened. But is it easier to say, I think Duke is going to beat um, some obscure school that made it to <clears throat> the, the, you know, the NCAA championship, or is it easier to call the ultimate winner? So anytime you have a relative value trade, your upside is going to be muted, but your downside is muted as well. And so uh, you know, I think that, that that style of that style of trading is something that not as many people in um crypto think about and they should think about sort of more because you know um you don't want to get too academic about it. I don't necessarily think you don't want to be like, well, I know some guys who trade pair trades, they'll do things like go long delta airlines. Because their cost per seat mile is higher than United and they'll short United and they'll look to reap a spread between the two or whatever. But I I don't think you have to be that sort of sophisticated or necessarily that granular about it. But relative performance trades tend to just be easier to stay in over a long period of time. When you know when you're when you're just when you're just long Ethereum, you're just long. If it goes down, you lose. But if you're short something else alongside it, that's heavily correlated to it then your loss is capped basically your winnings are capped but your losses are capped as well if you're trading in sort of your money you can also trade lopsided relative value trades where you know your ethereum size might be a little bit bigger than your nasdaq size for example
1: Um, yeah i mean um you know it's quite quite a bit of a complicated trade to put on but you know i've talked about it in the spacing guild a lot but you can you can short like um a, you know a few of these altcoins, and you can short Ethereum on chain, and then you can take those two coins and um put them on Uniswap and provide liquidity. And like these pools are making, you know, twenty percent per year in trading fees, and you know, you're, so you're short both the things that you're swapping. So all you would lose out is like. On some relative value performance, which you know, I mean, it could happen that the altcoin like explodes out against Ethereum. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's a it's it's a little bit of a, more of like a complicated trade, but it is it is something that uh, where you're just like betting on essentially a bull market where um, you're going to get some sort of you know pe- more activity in trading, and then you're just going to capture those fees, and you don't really care so much about like the tokens themselves going up in value. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I wanted to structure this podcast a little bit differently than we normally do because, um, you know, everyone sort of just tapped out in the in the bear market and um, really just not interacting at all on the Discord or the Substack or podcast. Like, we noticed, like, a big um, drop in viewership and that sort of thing. So I just wanted to make this podcast uh, a little short, um, you know, just highlighting – what it was that Footguns really like brought for people last year that that did stick around, and um, we're gonna, I think, in the next couple of minutes, probably just like cut it off and switch over to private podcasts and talk about like actionable trading insights. And uh, you know, I I actually have some uh, opinions that I want to share with you about like the S and P that you had just mentioned and um yeah just keep going and uh yeah may, maybe we will offer some sort of a discount or something for for people that want to sign up um in this early part of the year got anything uh else to add before we know sounds,
0: sounds good it's a small amount of money to subscribe but uh, you know i trade for a living and this is not my income or anything but it's fun to do and I love interacting with our our community and uh when just to clarify one thing when you said that the you know that's uh, uh declining amount of discord traffic and the Space yield and all that that was during um the bear market and we still had so a lot of regulars but it's just it's bumping again i mean there are there are there are
1: yeah yeah actually that's it's it's tradable right like that's i i traded it um when uh, on that c p i print like everybody was showing up in the discord and they're like, oh, I'm going long into the CPI. And I was like, what the hell? Like n- nobody, no one's been here doing anything. And you know, the few people that were here were like, Oh, I'm really cautious about, you know, getting long in the CPI print. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I actually took action on that. I was like, wow, there's a bunch of people here that have just been dormant that are back, and they're bullish, so let's let's ride the wave, right? <laughs> yeah, let's
0: see what's going on. <laughs> Except, ha-
1: except Hashair, who's right, well, holding, holding out for
0: a better price. Yeah, well, actually, he put a long on, so again... If you, you could know. make money protesting trades, Air would be the richest man in the world. <laughs> there
1: you go I'm, we're gonna end the uh we're gonna end the public podcast on that one <laughs>
0: yeah but that just goes to show you again how two professional traders you know we know our users by, by their usernames and we're friends with them yeah right, thank you for jo- thank you for joining us on foot guns uh podcast the main free podcast uh and and sign sign up for the paid and come over and join us and listen to the rest of this On the private podcast. Uh, We'll be back later this week. We'll do this all over again.